Welcome to the Mobile App Makers Podcast, the podcast where I interview mobile app creation experts from all disciplines so we can learn from them. Welcome, everybody. Today, I'd like to welcome Rachel Bovello to talk about mobile app testing. Rachel has been a tester for about 10 years, working on web, desktop, and mobile projects. Today, she's a senior test engineer at Pulsara, a company that works to improve healthcare outcome in time-sensitive emergencies. So needless to say, their software better be tested. So Rachel, I'm super excited to have you on today. But before we dive in, can you tell us more about you and about that conference you'll be speaking at in a few weeks? Absolutely. And thank you for having me, Oliver. I'm excited to be here. I kind of stumbled upon this testing career path after getting a math degree in college and initially not knowing exactly how I wanted to apply my degree in my jobs. And so I bounced around. I landed in testing and started at a financial services company and moved over to CRM and am now working in healthcare technology. And it was at my current company that I got introduced to mobile testing. And we do a significant amount of manual testing, but automation as well. And because as part of our platform, we make this iOS and Android mobile app that emergency medical personnel use to communicate. And then also for more and more for patient logistics. And I'm so glad I became a tester. It's always challenging and the field is evolving. So there's something new to learn. And it's really rewarding to find those issues before the customer does and help improve their experience. And then I am really excited. Every year, the Pacific Northwest Software Quality Conference occurs. I always have to remember, what does PNSQC stand for? So PNSQC 2021 is happening. October 11th through 13th. And I'm speaking about mobile testing through COVID. I'm probably in good company in terms of development teams that went remote at the start of COVID and mobile testing brings special challenges to that experience. So I did a little bit more research and I'm excited to share some findings and discuss more with others about what that experience is like. And then I'm also really excited to be hosting a panel on the state of testing. So that should be exciting as well. We have a few experts in the field and I'll ask them a bunch of questions and get their take on where is quality now and and what does the future look like? It's perfect because just like I was telling you earlier, I'm working on a project where we don't have a dedicated tester and, and you know, even with testers, there's always quality issues that get out the gate. But through had a few bugs that we had to work on. So I need your help to explain to the person that I'm working with why it might be a mistake to not have a dedicated tester today. Like, what can a tester bring to the party? Do my job. I'll send him the podcast afterwards. Yes, I love this question. And I'd start by asking some further questions to dig a bit deeper into the decision to not bring a tester on at this point in time. Uh, Most importantly, what are the team's priorities? Where is the app going right now and what are the goals down the road? There's a pretty well-known idea out there called the triple constraint, or I've also heard it called the project management triangle, where the basic question is, do you want your project to be done quickly, cheaply, or with quality? And you only get to pick two. It's impossible to have all three. And in the mobile app world, I'd argue it's quite important to prioritize quality as soon as possible. Since we're all at the mercy of the app stores to a degree and users are picking your app out of a list of a few similar apps based on reviews from real users. So if you're not prioritizing quality, that's very likely to affect your bottom line sooner or later. But 
there's a lot of ways the decision or that decision to not bring on a tester like you described could occur like maybe a position just needs to be kind of loaded at this time where the developer is also the tester just due to financial constraints and that might make sense for a time but i would argue that we we know pretty definitively now that humans are not the best multitaskers so every time you have that employee context switch between the development and the testing that's taking some energy and some time and is making them less efficient in both that dev role and that testing role. So yeah, yeah, definitely. I can see how. I mean, essentially, I was working on other features when, hey, you know, wait, there's this bug. We we need to fix it. And it's true that if that happened earlier, I would have been able to organize my time a little better and just be stay in the flow of the feature that I'm doing now and go to bugs later once I get the list from the tester of all the of the bugs that come in. So yeah, I definitely get your point about the the test switching. I can. Definitely get that. Testing for mobile apps can be in can be done in multiple ways. One decision to make in testing is using a device or testing using a simulator. Can you give us the pros and cons of each? And is there a, a clear winner as to which one you should use? Well, I, I would argue that both of these are tools in your testing toolbox. And which one you want to use depends on the task at hand. So Simulators are great. They're easy and fast to set up. They're also typically free or at least significantly cheaper than physical devices. But that said, depending on what you're testing, sometimes a physical device is better. For example, some of the most important functionality of the apps I currently test involves the alerting behaviors. And a lot of simulators right now just don't currently support sending and receiving audible alerts very well. And then also integral to our app's functionality is this concept that we have a team of people that are all alerting each other and communicating across these devices. And that's really easy to set up if I have five physical devices on my desk or I'm on a Zoom call with my coworkers and we each have a device. But it's a little tricky to spin up five simulators and get them communicating in a way that closely matches the real world. So thinking about time to set up and then how well is my setup matching the real world? If I'm faking that real world scenario too much, I always have to scratch my head and be like, mm, how many how many bugs are slipping through because I'm doing that? So I guess my ultimate message is pick the right tool for the task at hand. For limited UI or functionality changes, a simulator is great or early in a project, but for bigger projects or right before the app is released, maybe focus on testing as closely to the way your customers are going to be using the app as you can. You know, that that question around simulator versus device got very personal earlier this week because as a developer, I do most of my testing on the simulator because it's easy, it's on my computer and it goes and works pretty well. But we run into a bug that only reproduce on devices. I've never seen it on the simulator. And then, you know, we ship the app and you're like, well, wait, what? why is that not working? And it's always embarrassing because you're like, well, yeah, that's an easy to reproduce bug, but not on the simulator. <laughs> so Totally. And kind of maddening because the simulator in so many ways works exactly like the physical device. And it's just in a few key unexpected ways that it sometimes doesn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally agree. Do you have any advice on how to organize testing to maximize the effectiveness of the testing of the effort? Absolutely. In my experience, the number one way to increase testing effectiveness is to communicate more 
and specifically get more than one set of eyes on projects. So one tester is great, but people have blind spots. So getting that additional set of eyes is really important. And ideally, you can bake this into the mobile app development process with some best practices. So a couple that we use at Pulsera include this concept of test review, which is basically code review for testers, where one person tests the feature of the bug fix and another person reviews their approach and offers some constructive criticism. And then we also often... We do this thing called a test party where a group of testers get together, but we also often try to invite different types of people. So we're inviting the developers or we're inviting interested people like customer support to join us for maybe an hour. We used to do this in a a physical space, but now it's on a Zoom call and we try to work through some real world scenarios and use the app the way our customers would. So we're pretending to be EMTs, doctors and nurses. And it's a great way to find defects, yes, but also with those other people in the room, often we're getting usability enhancement ideas or we're getting a better idea of how our end users actually use the product because we're sometimes making our best guess, but customer support knows specific examples that we might not. How structured do you get into those test parties? Like, do you, I don't know, assign scenarios or is it just, here's the app, poke at it and see if you find anything? It's a a challenge. We don't want to lead people too much, but we also found that when we all went remote, being too freeform just became confusing. So we often have a shared document with assigned logins. So we'll say you can do almost whatever you want after this, but you are going to be a nurse user on this team at this hospital that has certain permissions. And then I'll also typically provide several scenarios that that I want to run through, areas that I I have a suspicion there might be bugs lurking there and that it, it might be nice to have the group look at those scenarios. But beyond that, if someone brings up an idea or has a question, the test party is a great place to go down that rabbit hole. It's kind of one of one of the few places that sometimes that is celebrated and and allowed. Like Ideally, we do a little bit of that anyway, that exploratory testing, but it's always a balance of we need to be efficient, we need to test what's changing now. And so test parties are a great place to, like, often we're we're logging bugs that are not directly related to the feature at hand that we're testing, but they're still important. Well, and that, that was a, a question I was, a side question I was going to ask you is, we know the features that have been created, potentially modified, and so in those test parties, like how much do you, I don't want to say deviate from the from that list, but how much is we got to test those features and how much it's, and don't forget to test all the rest of the features. Totally. And I, I would say it depends on how the test party is going. Sometimes we're really pleasantly surprised and we test out the new functionality and it's so solid, it's really hard to break it. And then testers really want to find bugs. So then we'll expand our efforts and start thinking, hmm, this other area of slightly related functionality has been troublesome in the past. Let's go there and try that. Or we'll just kind of broaden the the circle of scope as we go, as we have the freedom to do that. If the feature itself is proving to be a little bit buggy, we'll focus there because that's the top priority. So we've talked, you know, test parties, it's mostly manual testing, people taking the phone and 
pushing the buttons and seeing what happens. There's another way of testing, which is called automated testing, where you write code to actually test the app. Can you explain a bit more what automated testing is and why would people want to use it? Absolutely. So I think you nailed it. Automated testing for mobile apps means creating code that you can then run regularly that executes predefined test actions on your mobile apps. And it's great to have automation because that coverage saves time. The computer can test a lot faster than a manual tester. And I'd argue you're also minimizing human error in tasks like regression testing, where if you have a person do it each time, eventually they're they're going to miss something, right? Whereas the computer will never miss something. <laughs> Some downsides of mobile automation are that it's not quite as perfect as it sounds. You still need a human to review the automation runs and write up and prioritize any defects found. I think some tools will write up the defects for you, but you probably still need a person to look those over and make sure they include the pertinent details and are prioritized properly. And then it's an additional code base, right? So you need to maintain and keep updating that code. And then Mobile is a special challenge because it's likely that you'll be maintaining two automation code bases that are very similar but not identical, one for iOS and one for Android. There are also tools that promise that you can have one code base that runs nicely for both apps, but in my experience so far, there are pluses and minuses to going that route as well. It's like something sounds too good to be true. There's potential it might be. Well, you know, there's hybrid development and then there's hybrid testing, I guess. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. So pluses and minuses there. I'm a strong believer also that automation can't test anything or everything. It's way better than a human at doing something like checking every string in your app to make sure the text is correct. But for more nuanced issues, there's really not a replacement for a human trying out the functionality. A really niche healthcare example is that the manual testers on my team sometimes use our app while wearing medical gloves because that's what our users do. And we've actually logged issues based on this testing. For example, tapping a button in medical gloves is a different experience than tapping with your finger. And so we've had to change the hit zone of some of those buttons. So that's just a really obscure example of something that the computer is not going to be able to catch probably. Yeah, from my experience writing automated tests, I don't see how an automated test would catch that. That's uh, definitely true. With the the COVID pandemic, I'm sure you've seen more at-home testing. How has that worked? And do you have any advice to make it better? Absolutely. This has been probably on many of our minds for the last, gosh, almost two years now, which is so strange to think about. But uh, my experience is interesting because I relocated and became the first fully remote tester on my team maybe six months before the pandemic. And we already had a few remote development team teammates, even before me. So although we still faced challenges as a team, when everyone went remote, we got a bit of a head start. Some of the more obvious practical hurdles we faced involved the physical mobile devices, right? In the office, we could just share them around and I feel like we could get by with a smaller fleet of physical devices, whereas now we had to really intentionally divide them up so that each person had a few Android and iOS devices across OS versions. And sometimes we find ourselves needing to mail them back and forth or drive them back and forth. 
But we did that careful planning early on and avoided most of that time and expense. But overall, I'd say that that intentional planning would be my main piece of advice. It's important to think about the goals for the team and give each team member what they need in order to be successful in their role and be contributing to the wider team and company, even from home. So we provide those physical devices. Each team member has the software licenses they need to work independently, but we also bake a lot of collaboration into our daily habits. And there are also some tools that make that easier. Like we have video call software. And then for mobile testing specifically, we have a screen mirroring product that allows us to do share screen on our video call and see the physical device screen. So we're not holding a device up to the the webcam. That makes everyone annoyed, it turns out. So use the right tools and and support your people by providing those tools that help them be successful. Yeah. Well, that's actually a good segue into another question I had for you. As, As a CEO or team lead or whatever, what can I do to help the the test team and the dev team and all the teams work well together? Like, how can I help those relationships? Some of it is culture and attitude, right? I've worked at companies, I I feel like the historic relationship between a tester and a developer involves almost a little bit of animosity (laughs) uh, because... You're going to break my stuff? What? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. The tester is coming to the developer and saying, it's broken. What did you do? Um, Whereas in reality, we have this shared goal of creating a great mobile app, right? That our customers are going to love. So if you can foster that collaboration and this pursuit of a shared goal, that goes a long way. Another thing that has helped I've noticed is team organization. So at most places I've worked, the testers are all on one team together. And that's great for tester collaboration, but it silos the testers off away from the developers. So what can work better is having a pod of people working on a project. And that pod might have a developer, a project manager, and also a tester. And so that tester becomes less of the person who comes in at the end of the project to test the code and more of quality representative, if you will. So that person is in the early requirements gathering meetings and is speaking up from the perspective of quality all the way through till giving the thumbs up to say, this is ready to hand off to customers. It's a good app that's ready to go. Yeah, I've seen so many projects where, you know, the developer gets to the wall, gets to the end and then toss the app over the wall and say, okay, your turn. I'm going, you know, I'm I'm going to something else now. Bye. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. Usually with about two days before release too. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And please don't slow us down. We've got to ship in two days. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Don't be difficult now. No, yeah, I, I feel like, yeah, no one no one likes to be blindsided by learning that they need to iterate on the code two days before release. So the earlier the tester gets involved, the, the better in terms of finding those defects early and maybe avoiding some of them altogether if the tester's in some of those early meetings saying, maybe don't touch that code because it's been problematic in the past, maybe take this other approach. Well, those are all great advice and great tips. I'm actually at the end of the question that I had for you today. If our listener want to learn more about you and about the conference that you'll be speaking at, where, where can they go? So for the conference, if you just Google PNSQC 2021, you'll find it. And 
I am on LinkedIn at Rachel Lavallo, and I, I do most of my networking there. Um, would, would love to chat if anyone's interested. And I, I do occasionally open Twitter as well. And I have to remember my Twitter handle. I believe it's Rachel underscore Lavallo. And uh, I'll make sure to uh, put all those in the show notes for uh, people that want to reach out and say hi. Well, Rachel, thank you very much for being with me today. Uh, it was a pleasure. I really learned a lot about testing. So thank you again. Excellent. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to the Mobile App Makers podcast. I'm Olivier Destrebeck. You can find more info on building mobile apps at mobileappmakers.chat.